0: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for listening to another episode of PT POV. I am one of your hosts, Maggie, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, physical therapists, and most importantly, friends, Kara and Carly. We are a podcast that shares PT lifestyle perspectives so that young PTs and students can better navigate their professional lives. And now let's get to the episode.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to PTPOV. I'm here with my compadres, Kara and Maggie, and welcome back to this month's episode of PTPOV, where we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Um, Well, friends, first podcast of the year. You know the drill. Let's talk about our New Year's resolutions.
0: Maggie? Ooh, up first. (laughs) Okay, so... I think it was right when we started this podcast, I was going through like the whole kitchen reno fiasco and whatnot. And to not reopen old wounds, basically, we just had to, we bought a new house and had to renovate our kitchen immediately. Um, but since we did that, then we decided to get married. And then we had Ted weddings last year. And long story short, we haven't really had time to like organize our house, even though we've been here for over a year now and actually like make it feel like a home. And so my new year's resolution is to kind of do all of that stuff. So to like get things organized where everything has a place and we're not just tossing shit into our spare. Activity room, we call it, which is basically a massive closet right now. Um, (laughs) we spent all weekend, like reorganizing the garage. We've been talking about maybe doing some cosmetic updates stuff like that so that's kind of the overarching resolution is i just we've been here long enough now that it's time and everything's kind of settled down um kitchen reno wise that i'm excited to put our own touches on this place very nice yeah how about you kara
2: um, part of mine actually was a little bit off of that, too. Not necessarily the organization part, but just like making sure like the house stays clean for more than like a day. But I guess if <laughs> <yep>, like, <laughs> but we need another counterpart on top of that one, too, or else it's just gonna be a lot of work for me. So my personal goals this year, surprise, surprise. it's gonna be related to running. What? but I I know, weird, but I've signed up for two half marathons this year. I'm hoping to get into some trail running this spring, and then I'm hoping to actually do a full marathon next February. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's so, exciting. Another big running year, but I, I feel so much better after getting through all the stuff that I did last year, so I'm like, this I feel like is actually a realistic goal, so <laughs> we're going to go for it. That's Cool. Great. How about you, Carls?
1: My fitness goal is about to sound so unimpressive now. (laughs) (laughs) So last year, my goal was to get back in the squat rack because I had a pathetic (laughs) squat form. Did it? Check. This year, (laughs) another pathetic thing we're going to address is my ability to do a pull-up. One singular pull-up I will do in the next 300 and how many ever days. Um... That's it. That is, that is still
2: so impressive. I've never been able to do a pull up and I've just convinced myself that I never can. Like it's just, it's (laughs) genetically just something physically impossible for me.
1: Same. And we're going to see if we can change that this year.
2: If you can do it, then maybe that'll be my 2025
1: resolution. Deal. Deal. You know, like this. Inspiring others—that's what I'm rooting for you, Carly. That's what we do. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll check in next year. (laughs) Um. All right. Shall we dive in? We shall. Perfect. So today's topic is imposter syndrome. Um, So, what is imposter syndrome? Great question, Carly. Let me answer that. So, according to the article, imposter phenomenon by I'm going to go hoiker hooker. Not sure. A lovely author with (laughs) that last name at all. Um, Imposter syndrome is defined as a behavioral health phenomenon characterized by self-doubt of intellect skills or accomplishments among high achieving individuals. Um, Some people call it by other names like imposter syndrome, fraud syndrome, imposterism, or perceived fraudulence. So basically feeling like you're a fake. Um, Those who experience imposter syndrome are typically successful. They have high offices or numerous academic degrees. Um, And according to psychology Mm -hmm. today, it is disproportionately common in healthcare. And that Mm -hmm. is why we are going to talk about it today. Right, friends? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I found one statistic said that 25 to 30 percent of high achievers experience imposter syndrome daily and about 70 percent of adults experience it at some point in their life. So this is becoming I know Um, (laughs) it was this it was first described in the 70s, but it's come becoming super popular, maybe not popular, more discussed, I think, is the word I'm looking for, especially like in mainstream media and TikTok. If anyone else is on imposter syndrome, TikTok. Hi, friends. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about it. Do you guys feel like you have experienced imposter syndrome? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's yeah, hear about yeah. it. What does it feel like? What is it?
2: What do you experience? It feels shitty. Like... you you might be just like moving along feeling really good really confident about your skill set and one day it just like hits you like a ton of bricks like somebody comes up to you and asks you a question about something and you're like huh I feel like this is something I should know within my specialty and within this profession and I have no clue whatsoever and then it just like at least for me, like it just kind of like ruins my day. And if it's something like really big, it'll ruin my whole week.
1: I'm so glad to hear you say that. I've had moments (laughs) where it's like, that is the most simple question. (laughs) Why do I feel like I need to pull out Google?
0: Yes. My gosh. Yeah. Especially when you have a student and they're like asking you something, you're like, hmm, well, you tell me.
2: <laughs> but that's the best thing about having a student. You're just like, huh, why don't you look it up? And then just like pretend that. like you know the answer.
1: <laughs> yep. that's Do you guys feel like it is like comes in waves, like
0: short term. You feel like you have periods of time where it's longer term. I feel like um, for me, I would say situational and then in waves. So... Situational, like whenever I want to go apply for like a leadership position or a new job, I feel like it hits me. Like all of a sudden, I am a fraud and I am not good enough. And there's nothing on my resume, it's just a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> um, but then on the other hand, sometimes it comes in waves. Like I recently started a new job, and so I've been feeling a lot of imposter syndrome because it's a bit of a new patient population that i'm not entirely used to treating so i feel like that's sort of the wave that's hitting me right now but i yeah it's definitely i would say for the applying to to shit situational yeah
2: And I think even with that too, I felt similarly, I think even just going from residency to like my first job post-residency where it's like you graduate residency, you're getting ready to take your specialty exam. You're on top of the world. You're doing great. And it's like you move from, I don't know, Omaha to Phoenix. And it's like, this is a completely different patient population. Like I'm seeing completely different things than I was seeing during my entire year of residency that I just, I don't know that much about. And it was just like, for the longest time, it was like, I felt like, I don't know. like starting a new profession almost where it's like Mm -hmm. you have that background information, but it's like, I feel like I don't have that much applied knowledge under my belt yet. And that was scary.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, and I don't know, maybe this is totally different, but, um, when I have like a super, super challenging caseload and it's not just one or two patients, but all of them are challenging. And I feel like I'm in the weeds and lost on everyone <laughs> i'm like why i my specialty all my all of this doesn't mean anything i can't make these people better i don't know anything mm-hmm. i'm like this is that's especially i think the worst cuz then i'm like burnt out feeling like i am just not worth 10 cents you know yeah that's when it's crappy when it's like everything is everything is bad
0: I remember feeling that in the chronic pain world, going through waves of every nobody's doing well right now on my caseload <laughs> <laughs> and feeling like it's your fault and feeling like, man, do I actually like, am I actually helping anyone or am I just standing here telling people to do things? <laughs> yep. Um,
1: so now that we've talked a little bit about what we feel, let's kind of talk about other things that you might feel. Um, so based on those two articles, uh, the most commonly described characteristics or feelings are self-doubt, anxiety, depression, apprehensive of being exposed as a fraud, and perfectionism. That resonates. Anyone else? <laughs> Big was, time. Did anyone else cry the first time they got a B minus in fourth grade math? <laughs> no? Okay. Is that the day you knew?
2: <laughs> Core or memory. Yeah.
1: And it was it was analog clocks, let me tell you. <laughs> Linda Kay yeah. will confirm this when she
0: listens. Just wait. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> and you're like, who uses those anymore?
1: <laughs> right? Just like <laughs>
0: It's, it's, it
1: is it's what it is. I definitely don't think about it often. <laughs> AKA, you totally do. <laughs> Every time I look at an analog clock and I have to count, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Anywho, down that tangent, um, another thing that um, kind of goes with what we've been saying, but common triggers are competitive environments. Hello, PT school um calling attention to successes such as awards promotions or doing well on an exam or a failure after a string of successes according mm. to psychology today so that you know being triggered by successes whereas all of us kind of feel like sometimes it's triggered by not feeling like you're doing well we could write an article
2: <laughs> totally could <laughs>
1: Um, so one thing I kind of want to address because of the, the common characteristics of anxiety and depression is that every piece of literature says that this is not an official diagnosis. It's not in the DSM. Um, like I said, it's more of a behavioral phenomenon, but people who experience imposter syndrome may also struggle with other mental health conditions such as anxiety or depression. So I want to say to our listeners, if you are struggling with your mental health, Please do not hesitate to reach out to your primary care, a mental health provider, a trusted friend or a helpline, because you don't have to struggle with those feelings. And there are people that are there to help you. And we got this. Good to note. Yes. So
0: let's talk about, we talked about our shared feelings, but anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I think that one thing you said that resonated with me was the, the, signs and syndrome, symptoms, (laughs) signs and syndromes. I was reading imposter syndrome, Um, was the, the signs and symptoms of like the decreased self-esteem, self-efficacy problems and perfectionism. So the situational times I experience it when I go to apply for something, I feel like, oh, my resume isn't perfect. So I shouldn't apply or I am not The most qualified person for this so I shouldn't apply like I convinced myself that um if I'm not perfect it's not enough and then it kind of wears and tears on your self-esteem but I'm here to say that there's always going to be somebody probably more qualified than you at everything so you might as well just throw your name in the hat (laughs) (laughs) you never know until you try yeah no actually but I think sometimes like we are are own biggest self-critic and sometimes like an external source looking at our resume will see it as like oh damn like they've actually done a lot versus us feeling like it's not enough so i definitely feel those things quite a bit when when the imposter syndrome hits me
2: and i feel like i feel similar but different <laughs> <laughs> and that it's like, I can look at my resume and be like, that looks like a bunch of crap. I've done a bunch of stuff in my five, almost five years being a PT. But then it's like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this, I look so much better on paper than I think I am in person. And then I start mm. spiraling that way where it's like, I just start analyzing everything in person. Cause I'm like, I'm not who I am on paper, but it's like, I am, but I can't convince myself that when I'm feeling really anxious and feeling that imposter syndrome Symptoms and syndromes, as Maggie would say. <laughs> Imposter syndrome-y. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Write that
0: down. Yes.
1: <laughs> do you guys feel...
0: I know we talked about
1: this on a different podcast. Check check it out if you haven't. Um, feel like it's connected to burnout. You feel like it's similar to burnout? Totally different? What do you guys think?
2: I think they can go hand in hand for sure. It's like if I'm feeling more imposter syndrome-y, I feel like that adds to the anxiety part of it. And then my motivation starts to go down. Cause then I'm just like, ugh, like, what do I even do about it? Is What's the point? And then I start getting into more of like that burnout mindset where it's like, my energy goes down. I feel like it's not worth putting the effort in. And then it's like, okay, then you come out of that slump again. But I feel like they go hand in hand a lot is my long story short.
0: I completely agree. I think that when I have more confidence in myself, I feel better at my job. I'm not as burnt out. And like I mentioned before, when you have a string of time when nobody seems to be getting better, that definitely makes me feel burnt out, makes me feel like a straight fraud, imposter, all of the above. I get anxious. I get stressed. And I, th- I think they go hand in hand for me.
1: I think that
0: sometimes
1: they do for me and sometimes they don't like when it's like I mentioned when it's a rough caseload and I feel like I'm not being an effective therapist that brings it on but sometimes when it's like situational or I should have known the answer to that or I should know this it kind of drives me to like I'm gonna read 17 research articles tonight (laughs) and I (laughs) will find the answer (laughs) that's probably something else but (laughs) obviously when I'm burnt out and I have six patients with six different diagnoses that's not the case Yeah, I'm just like this is we're just gonna we're gonna do what we're gonna get through this but sometimes it's like I didn't know what to do about that person so I'm about to become a PhD (laughs) in this diagnosis
0: (laughs) (laughs) which typically if I'm burnt out that's not the case that's kind of funny I (laughs) i appreciate that about you I, uh, I
1: tell you who doesn't the person who lives with me i was just <laughs> about to say because some of those article searches are happening in the middle of the night why would i be sleeping i have to look up treatment approaches for for pusher syndrome sir why are you looking at me? <laughs> i didn't turn the light on i could have oh gosh <laughs> All right, let's, now that we've talked about what we feel and when we feel it and how we feel it and all that good stuff, let's talk about what we do other than obsessively researching articles. Do we have any more, more better suggestions for strategies? That is
2: it. That is the only strategy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.
1: (laughs) Anybody got anything else that they, they do?
2: honestly, I think there's like some, like not obsessively like three in the morning looking up stuff, but I feel like there is something to be said to be like, Hey, like if I could take even just like an hour this weekend or at some point, like, let's just like look up a few articles. Like I'll do that with, with, like with patients. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular, she's looking at getting like urethral injections, like bulking injections to help with her urinary incontinence. And she's like asking me about like success rates and like the different types and stuff. And I'm like, huh and I'm like you know what I will look that up and I will get back to you next time and sure enough I I made sure that I wrote down I was like find time to look up these things and I did and it didn't take that long it was like okay 20 minutes I looked up like three like pretty big like systematic reviews and I was like cool done <laughs> no longer then imposter then, knowledge acquired right and it's like <laughs> now I know <laughs> knowledge acquired.
0: I, I totally agree Kara I think that Part of the confidence aspect is like owning what you don't know i mean that's like the age-old statement of be comfortable with what you don't know but i think if you go in to every session and you're kind of like bullshitting your way through an answer that you really don't know the answer to and your patient can tell and then you get anxious and you're like ah i'm a fraud instead of instead you could have just said like hey actually I don't know completely. This is what I do know, but let me look that up and I'll get back to you. I, I felt that a lot in my new job because I've never worked with tactical athletes before. And so I was very nervous going into it. Like, oh man, what if they're like doing all these crazy Olympic lifts that I am unfamiliar with and whatnot. And so I went into it and whenever that situation arises which has been like twice by the way i was very stressed about nothing um <laughs> but okay smarty thing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no it's just not as like i mean it all comes down to like biomechanics at the end of the day you just watch somebody do something and if you know how mm-hmm. to yeah anyways but you like i've just watched youtube videos of like how to do this lift properly or like I once treated a professional discus thrower and I'm like, I know nothing about what that looks like besides you spin in a circle and toss a disc as far as you can. But as far as treatment approaches, like I had no idea. So I just watched some videos, read some articles and then like, I felt a whole hell of a lot better next time I went in. You know, what's interesting
1: uh, to build off what you said is that if I am in a, a wave of feeling like an imposter, I, if I'm not in a wave of feeling like I'm an imposter, excuse me, I feel totally confident saying, I don't know the answer, but I know where to find it. And I know Mm -hmm. that, but if I'm feeling like an imposter, I'm like saying that. And admitting that feels like I'm admitting that I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm an (laughs) idiot. (laughs) It's the same. You could ask me the exact same question in those kind of two mindsets. And one of them would be like, I don't know, but I'm going to do some research and I could say Mm -hmm. that confidently but if I'm in another one, I'm like, I don't know, and that means that I suck, <laughs> and that is the the like stark difference of when you're feeling confident and when you are not. Ugh. I don't know if you guys feel that. What do
0: you but... What do you do to yes. get out of that funk then?
1: Uh, 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 <laughs> is now when I should pull up that. the research article? But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I'll be honest. I I have struggled with some pretty, pretty big waves of feeling this. Like I, like, I don't know what I'm doing that. I haven't earned anything that I have, um, like academically. And I think that part of it for me is waiting for it to pass. Cause I know, I know in my logical brain that I know what I'm doing. Logical brain knows that and knows the work and the experience, but like emotional brain sometimes jumps in the wheel in the driver's seat
0: i visualize carly with like the devil and the angel on her shoulders of logical (laughs) carly and emotional carly and they're like fighting each other in her head
1: (laughs) what you should picture is um oh my gosh what's that uh animated movie of all the with all the emotions in the brain oh yeah inside out yeah inside out bingo that's
2: Yes, that's that's who we've got happening. Such an underrated movie, by the way. If you haven't Agreed. watched it, you need to. <laughs> <Agreed>. So good. <laughs> Not me crying on an airplane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yes, part of it is waiting for logical Carly to come back and drive drive the Carly, if you will. <laughs> um, and then part of it is my for the record my research is not always obsessive <laughs> I said that but it's not always like doing that research and trying to better my understanding or take a CEU I've done that before where I log on and I'm like I'm gonna find something um and sometimes I do it in a much healthier manner
0: thank you <laughs> yeah I would say though to Carly's point and you mentioned how like when you're feeling impostery. And then it just kind of keeps spiraling and then you're making shit up and you're like, I feel horrible. And it just sort of spirals. I would say if you're feeling that way constantly, then like seeking mentorship to some capacity is a really good start. If you can't go home and find the answers every night, if that's burning you out to do that, because I know for me, I didn't, I felt it a lot as a resident, just being new, a new grad, but I also had so many resources that I could ask questions to. And then I would receive the validation that I needed from more experienced clinicians that said, no, like you're on the right track. Like, I don't know why they're not getting better or, Hey, why don't you try this? And then you try it and then it works. And then you learn that and you put that in the brain files and you use it next time. And I know that that really helped me. So whether that's maybe even applying for residency the next year, finding a clinician at your clinic that you can have lunch with like once a week and just say like, Hey, can I have 30 minutes of lunch with you to just like pick your brain about these things and, and talk it, talk it through and stuff. I think that that is a good start as well.
2: As a total aside, I think that's a really good plug for residency, not right out of school. It's like, if you are Mm -hmm. like in your first year out of school and you're feeling that way, like maybe it's worth applying for a residency knowing that you're going to have that mentorship and that support that can hopefully like get you out of that hole and get you on the right track again yeah
0: and my last one was i quite literally sometimes give myself a pep talk and just <laughs> I'm like you got this you know a <laughs> lot more than you know and if you don't know the answer we can find it later and I've yeah I've done that before job interviews before (laughs) daily affirmations man (laughs) I I know it it helps to have like positive self-talk and that goes into a whole lot of other mental health implications but just like know at the end of the day you don't have to be perfect like you can still be really good at your job and not be perfect you know Can you record
1: that? And we'll make it like a, (laughs) like a just pull it out and you can click play. Bridge magnet worthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Press the button. Maggie pep talks.
1: (laughs) Yes. You can do it. Play it. (laughs) I dig it. Yes. Well, that is a good segue into some of the research on imposter syndrome. So the kind of all of these goals the focus is to change your mindset about your own abilities and acknowledge your successes. So I think a, a pep talk is a good thing or, you know, <laughs> kind of acknowledging what you've done and um, acknowledging that it wasn't luck that got you there, which is kind of a big um, overarching point. in All of these um, next is staying focused on measuring your achievements instead of comparing yourselves to others. I don't know if anyone mm. else has this one. Oof, there's a that's hard. That's such that's a hard so one. Um, this next one is controversial because the articles I read had opposing opinions and Maggie just took one of them. So Ooh. let's see. Um, one article said that, you know, seeking someone to talk to and sharing your feelings with, it's better to be someone who is outside of the setting that you feel like an imposter in whereas another article said that seeking out a mentor who has had similar experiences can be better
0: wouldn't that be the same thing
1: someone not who is a pt versus someone who is not a pt
0: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's what it's saying yes so I like you meant like somebody you work with directly versus somebody no, you don't maybe it's saying like going to mom going to your coworker stan oh i would much rather go to a coworker i the amount of times (laughs) joe and dylan have been on this podcast are my other ortho residency bros but the amount of times that i still panic text them (laughs) i'm like hey am i missing something here is this just whack and they're like no you're good i'm like cool thanks like i love that but I don't think my mom would have any idea what is going on if I were to say like, Hey mom, am I an imposter? She'd say, no, honey, you're perfect. Just kidding. Shout out to my mom.
1: (laughs) I feel like this one, the kind of two sides is more helpful. Not when you're feeling like an imposter because of a specific like patient care situation, but during those times when you just overall feel like, man, I, I, how did I get here? I don't, you know, like, When it's not PT-related, it's just, like, overall, I feel like a fraud. I think that's what it... This was the one that was not specifically targeted to um, Uh, healthcare. So hmm. I feel like, you know, in a a non-patient care job, that can be more like, you know, going to a loved one or a friend and talking about how we feel like a fake versus, like, this person has lumbar radiculopathy and they're not getting better, you know, like... (laughs) If that make that's kind of how I took it, because if I went to yeah. a non PT and said, "Man, this left sided PCA stroke is really giving me a hard time," they'd be like, "Are you all right?
0: <laughs> Are you having a stroke? Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if that is helpful for our listeners, maybe a loved one, maybe a PT. Like this
2: I side. feel like. Before Andrew and I even started dating, I was dating somebody else and he was not at all involved in healthcare. And I feel like, and it was, it was in PT school. So maybe it was clinical rotations, maybe it was school. School we could relate on, but the clinical rotation stuff, it was just like, there was like nothing going on there when I was complaining about stuff. It's like he just had no idea. So it's like, I feel like I respect that Andrew not only is just a PT, but also like is in healthcare where it's like, hey, I don't expect you to like, solve my problem with this pelvic pain case, but like I expect you to understand like why I'm complaining and I'm just gonna vent and you're just gonna support me and it's like okay.
0: <laughs> yeah I know Carly, I feel like this is a better question for you since Kara and I are both <laughs> married to PTs. <laughs> ah. Yeah,
2: is Braden a good sounding board? Yeah. <laughs> well yes and no.
1: Um <laughs> maybe this is a good imposter syndrome. Braden thinks that <laughs> I am just like super smart and know it and got it down and i'm so great at what i do which is very important oh, in a spouse very
2: so true like, you're such a good dt car yes and just
1: like <laughs> assumes that i'm just knocking it out of the park so i feel like when i'm like this person isn't getting better and I'm, he's like well then maybe i mean what else is there to do like you're you you know <laughs> you're god <laughs> which maybe when you feel like you when you feel like you aren't that way i don't know maybe that's a good maybe you need to get yourself a little hype husband that's what yes. i have <laughs> it's just like you're, you're as good as it gets Aww. sorry that was a little that's brag cute. on braden but Aww. i meant it i meant it so but he is also in healthcare as well like he's not that's totally fair. like in finance or something fully <laughs> adjacent um adjacent was not the word i was looking for there <laughs> Opposite adjacent. <laughs> Maybe having someone who thinks that the sh- the sun shines out your rear end is a good thing. I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> Did you just spit up your wine? <laughs> no, that was very close though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, let's move on to the next one. Um, so another uh, kind of practical suggestion is to practice gratitude and mindfulness which is not something I have done for imposter syndrome, but is something that kind of, especially in like burnout and crap weeks, uh, like when I have to go in on a weekend, this happens a lot and the weekends like I know are going to be messy. And I go, I get to go help people today and mm-hmm. we are going to have a good day. And I'm grateful that I have this job and that kind of can help for me. I haven't tried it for my imposterism. Maybe I'll try.
0: Mm-hmm. I think mindfulness could because... When patients do inevitably get better, like you are a vital role in that process. And so, even if you're not feeling impostery or imposter syndrome at the time, like <laughs> it's <do>. important to <laughs> recognize those times and say, like, hey, like I helped this person get better and they did most of the work and whatnot, but I still played a big role in this and I should feel good about that.
1: We're a team. Acknowledge those successes, for sure. Um, And then the last one that research says, which I already kind of touched on, is um, getting treatment for those underlying mental health conditions because we know that some of them can feed into imposter syndrome and vice versa. Um, So reaching out and getting um, some guidance and help on that can be helpful too. Yeah, So, yeah, period, done. Um, Do we feel like, other than kind of, like, with ourselves and how we practice, we feel like these strategies could be incorporated into healthcare? Like, is there a way that we could address it on a wider scale since it's so
0: common? I think anytime you can recognize, like, the symptoms of what you're feeling, I think that helps me, at least. And so I wouldn't have... Sometimes when I feel really anxious, like, it helps me to be like... I am feeling imposter syndrome right now. What tools do I have to work on that? (laughs) Versus like, if I didn't know what it was, had never heard of it, I might just think that I was a terrible, terrible PT for the remainder of time, you know? So even if it's just bringing like recognition to things like imposter syndrome, burnout, compassion fatigue, like stuff like that, even being able to recognize that I think is helpful. For sure. Especially in a, like into a curriculum
1: where there's many high achieving healthcare workers, like future healthcare workers, like in a PT program, like saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is
0: something that exists," so that that awareness. Watch is there. out!
1: Watch out! Don't let it get you.
0: I remember when we had our common curriculum in residency, and we had a compassion fatigue lecture. I still remember that <clears throat> lecture so vividly because I was feeling all of those things so deeply and I had no idea what they were and she put them up like on a list on the slide and I just like froze and I'm like oh my god this is what I'm feeling (laughs) like I feel so validated I feel (laughs) like I can do something about it now because I can I know what I'm feeling so I think I mean I think school it's silly that I didn't know about it until we were three-fourths of the way through residency what compassion fatigue was you don't know
1: what you don't know yeah it's true All right. Um, So one last kind of, I guess, incorporating into healthcare thing is what I found really interesting in the Psychology Today article. It said that there are two big behaviors that can trigger future imposter syndrome. And that is one, constant criticism and two, constant praise, which I thought was so fascinating because they are totally opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) And yet... They can both lead to it. Hmm. Thoughts? No thoughts? <laughs>
2: I, I feel like at least when I've been a CI, like the best that I can, I try to think of like the whole like compliment sandwich kind of philosophy where it's like you say something good and then you're like something that should be better but end with like, but this was also good. <laughs> It's like that way. It's like you're kind of getting both ends of the spectrum, but you're not completely being like you are God's gift to physical therapy, but you're also not like <laughs> what are what are you doing? You should go do something completely different. <laughs> it's like meet somewhere in the middle where it's like you're doing good things, but like these are things that you could do better on. And then it's like, OK, I feel like you can kind of muddle through that a little bit better.
0: I agree. And I think that just sort of if you think that you are also God's gift to physical therapy and that you're perfect, like you're wrong. And so we all have areas that we can learn and grow. And so I think that also giving yourself a compliment sandwich is a good strategy. (laughs) Pep talk Maggie.
1: (laughs) Heck yeah. All right, before we get into our game, does anyone else have any kind of last thoughts, imposter syndrome, impressions?
2: I will say that I feel like even though it still happens, I feel like the more, and I'm just speaking for myself here, but like the more experience that I gain, the more comfortable I feel with not knowing things and having to look things up or having to ask somebody else about it, Um, where it's like, I feel like right out of the gate, it's like, oh, crap like I should really know this and now it's just like okay like maybe I should know this but it's like man like I I forgot or it's like is this something new that I just didn't know came out in the past year or two so it's like I feel like I just I feel more confident in what I don't know the more experience that I gain for sure
0: yeah I I'll say that to kind of piggyback like it happens to us all at some point and Learning to recognize it is really important. Learning what works for you is really important. It's going to be different for everybody. Um, and just trying to don't don't let it fester, but just know that it can and will improve. Like Kara said, I feel like I instead of going home and panic like reading ten articles now. I if I don't know something, it's sometimes I still have to do that. But <laughs> nowadays it's more of like. Here's what I think is going on. But let me just pull up a few resources and double check and make sure I'm not missing anything. And like, it's sort of a mindset shift in that way. And so yeah, just know that it'll improve. But it's just like anything mental health wise, it does take a little bit of effort and work. Absolutely. All right,
1: guys, you ready to play a game? All right, so the name of the game is trivia, kinda. (laughs) Um, So you each have a pen and paper. I'm going to ask you a trivia question, a random trivia question with a a very wide variety of topics. The answer is going to be a number. You will both (laughs) write down the number. Whoever is closest without going over gets a point. Oh, okay, Okay. Bryce's
2: great rules. (laughs)
1: There are no advantages here, because I can't even say a topic. That's how random these questions are. Okay, ready? Oh, boy. Okay. So, first question. Write down your answer. How many stitches does a baseball have? Why don't you guys just say it out loud and we trust that it's written right? Kara, how many stitches? I said 36. Maggie? 90. One point for Maggie because it is 108. Well, damn. (laughs) Who knew? All right. (laughs) (laughs) What is the maximum number of points someone can achieve on Pac Man? Oh, geez. And
2: what are your answers? Kara? Yeah, 999,900 and. Six
0: nines. I wrote (laughs) 3,000.
2: And point goes
1: to Kara because the answer is three million three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred sixty. What? what? <laughs> oh boy! Right. Oh, bad news. This is another Earth question, Mags. Oh no! Oh, How many no. Earths can fit inside the Sun, Maggie?
2: you' I wrote.
1: It. I
0: wrote eight.
2: I wrote a hundred and two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, okay, so Kara, you get the point because the answer is 1.3 million. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you guys
1: are doing so good.
2: I'm winning. So <laughs> you are.
1: We have three more questions. The next one is How many <laughs> Billboard number one hits did Elvis have? Oh no. I was allowing you guys to bring zero knowledge to this game.
2: And we have zero knowledge. <laughs> yeah,
1: clearly. <laughs> You're both making eye contact with me, so you must have answers. Kara,
0: six. Maggie. Ooh, I wrote seven.
1: <gasps> then you get a point because the answer is eighteen. <gasps> <gasps> that many? <laughs> Seriously. Yes. All right, two more. <laughs> Uh, how many miles per hour does the earth spin stop it's the last earthquake
0: <laughs> i have no idea
1: miles per hour do
0: I have to yeah <laughs> I don't
2: even know what to say uh 35 <laughs> i said 100.
1: The answer is 1,000.
2: Yay! Kara, you've,
1: you've won, but we will do the last question. Carly, are you getting back at me because I beat you at holiday trivia last Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you recognized that. All right. Final answer. Question and answer. They're both the final one. Okay. How many people tuned in to the last episode of
2: Friends? Kara I said 4.5 million. Ooh. Maybe <laughs> you, you look shocked. What was your answer?
0: I wrote 1 million.
1: Kara has solidified her victory. Ah. The answer is 52.5 million. No way. <laughs> holy cow. Friends, holy moly. <laughs> well, I mean, I watched it. <laughs> you guys are welcome for all those fun to pull out at awkward parties.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of PT POV. Give us a follow on Instagram at PT underscore POV so you never miss new content or subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'll see you next time.